This is week four. This is the final week of the series, Waymaker. Um, we've been in this series for four weeks total, but it has been expanded because of all the other stuff that has come around it, whether it was with Jairus guest speaking here a couple Wednesday nights ago and also um, our live group project for Serve Week. So week one, just to recap, week one I talked about um, Waymaker. I talked about the first part of the song, Waymaker, where he, uh, I use Exodus where Jesus, not Jesus, Moses, Moses was, um, was bringing the people out of Egypt and into the, into the promised land that, that God had promised them and put Moses in position. And I talked about how there was a promise, a problem and a staff. And, and I mentioned how you, the staff where Moses put the staff is your mindset. And so I mentioned that week one, week two, Sarah priest, she guest speaks and she talked about miracle worker. Her title was get up and walk. And she mentioned John chapter five. Was it chapter five about the pool of Bethesda and the, um, the man who couldn't walk. And she mentioned about how God is the miracle worker and we're not and how many questions we have that we're willing to ask Jesus. And that's what she mentioned in week two. Week three was last week. I talked about uh, promise keeper. I talked about uh, the title was called pinky promise. And I talked about how with our promises, we, we lack, leave it down. Actually, this is for an illustration all the way down. Yeah. It goes with, the, it goes with the sermon all the way down. Click. Okay. What y'all doing? <laughs> it's okay. It's for my illustration tonight. So, so week three, I talked about pinky promise. And I talked about how sometimes our promises are broken from other people. And sometimes we feel like God hasn't kept his promises. And I talked about that in week one, week one, week three. And I mentioned that. So tonight we're going to hit it out with a bang because th- tonight we're talking about the topic of light in the darkness. And uh, I want to use my theme scripture tonight, and I want you to really pay attention because tonight, tonight might give you a new perspective to live free, not just from darkness, but from the stuff that you're not proud of and the stuff that you hide behind the closed doors where there are things in your past that you don't really want to talk about anymore because you feel like it's in the past, but the past has you. So you have to live with the past, but nobody else does but you feel like you're still stuck. And I want to talk about that tonight. I want to talk about those topics of light in the darkness. I want to start with 1 John chapter 1, verses 5 through 7. This is the message we heard from Jesus. And now declare to you, God is light, and, in, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the spirit as God is in the light, or living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. For this final week, and the title of my message tonight is Even When It Gets Dark. Even When It Gets Dark. I have a little bit of a story that I read online. I was reading articles. I was trying to figure out something about darkness. And there was a story that I read that really hit very different, not the situation, but how this person felt. Uh, there was a young guy, his wife had recently just passed away. And it was all of a sudden, it wasn't just, they weren't preparing for it. It was just, it happened. It was tragic. And they have a little daughter. And they go to the funeral and everything, and, and, it's, and it's a different, it hits different because it was unexpected. It was an unexpected death. And so they go to the funeral, and everybody's asking me, you know what, don't go home. Because, she, because you remember her there, don't go home. 
And they were, people were asking them, we'll invite you to our house and we'll let you come to our home so you don't have to go back home. And the, and the husband was saying, no, 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 me and my daughter, we're going to go back home and face it together. And so they go back home. First night there, the, the daughter is having nightmares. And the father goes into her room and he, he picks her up and, and, he, and he's asking her why she's crying. And she's just, she's just like, I can't sleep. I have a nightmare. I miss mom. And so he's sitting there as she's crying and he looks up into heaven and he says, Father, I trust you. I trust you. But it is as dark as midnight. I trust you. I know you're God. But right now what we're going through, I feel like it is as dark as midnight. And the, he, thought, he thought the little girl was asleep when he said that because she's just stopped crying and she stopped. And he said those words and then she started crying even more. And he said, I thought you were asleep. He, she's like, no, dad, I, I, I've been up. And she says, and she says this sentence that, that gives out the illustration. She says, I'm trying to remember. I wrote it down. Let me go back to my notes. She says this that really shocks me, that a kid like this would say something like this. And she says this, Papa, did you know? It could be this dark. She's talking about the brightness in the room. She's talking about how dark it is in her bedroom as her father's holding her. Then she drew close and whispered, but you love me even when it's dark. Don't you? You love me even if I don't see you. Don't you? And the father's answer is that he picks her up again. And holds her tight to his chest. And he comforts her with everything. So what that was his answer, was to comfort her. And after he, she started to die down, he looks up to heaven again and he says, Father, it is as dark as midnight, but do you still love me even when it's dark? And tonight some of you are in the dark. You're in a dark place. I'm not just talking about sin. We know what sin does. Sin leads you to darkness all the time. That's what 1 John 1, 5 is talking about. 5 through 7 is talking about how we land in darkness. But this is a different type of darkness. This is a darkness that you didn't even ask for. This is a darkness that you didn't even anticipate or imagine. You didn't ask for it. And so now you're living in this state of darkness. Maybe it's the position you are in your life. Maybe it's the season that you're in. Maybe it's the disappointments that have come your way in your life and now you feel this darkness because your expectations have been smashed, destroyed. Maybe it's someone in your life that you trusted and now it's broken. You've made promises or you've kept promise or somebody's made you a promise and they've knocked you out the side. What if about... What if about you're in a situation that reminds you of your past? Maybe you're in a situation that reminds you of something that happened to you years ago and you feel ashamed. Darkness is not just sin. Darkness is everywhere. Darkness is in everything. But we live in a sinful world. We live in a fallen, broken, sinful world that throws nothing but darkness. And I want to speak light to that darkness to know what you have. Because you have something. You have something in you that I think you take for granted sometimes because you don't know what's inside of you, 
when you gave your life to Christ. The light, you carry a light, not yours, not your accomplishments, not your special abilities. That's good. God gave that to you. But there's a special light that doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from the things of what this world has to offer. This comes from God. And it's a light that shines bright in the darkness. That's why he's a light in the darkness. But, but how, how can light be in me, but yet I feel, like, I feel like I'm in the dark? Who's heard the phrase kept in the dark? Have you, who's ever heard the phrase before? So if you don't know what that means is kept in the dark means information is withheld from you or withheld from you. That's what kept in the dark means. Like someone knows something that they need to tell you that they should have told you, but they, 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 don't, they don't tell you. I've done that before. I've done that with Sarah. I've kept it, not in a bad way, not in a weird way, but, but there were some things that I thought I was protecting her from not telling her what she needed to know, but really I was protecting myself. So there's times where I had to stop keeping her out of the dark and keeping her in the information that she needs to know. And it's the same thing that we feel, sometimes we feel with God. We feel like God keeps us in the dark. We feel like God doesn't give us the details. C.S. Lewis said in a quote in one of his books, why must holy places be dark places? Maybe you're in here and you've been repenting. You seek God. You live for God. You do all these things, but you still feel dark. If you're living in sin, you're already dark. You know that already. But maybe some of you in here have been reaching for God and you still feel dark. You still feel darkness even though you're seeking his face. And it doesn't make sense to you. I thought when I get into the presence of God, I thought when I, when I receive Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, that the darkness would be gone. But it still surrounds me. That doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense because God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. That's what First John says. There's no darkness in him. So why in the world, if I'm saved, if I believe in Jesus, if I live for him, if my life is committed to him, and I am still dealing with darkness, is he really there? I've always thought that, and that brought doubt to me as a, as a pastor, as a, as a believer, as one who follows Jesus. I didn't know why that was happening. But like I said, if you're living in sin, you are automatically in darkness. You're in spiritual darkness. But I'm not talking about sin because you already condemn yourself enough, so I'm not going to do that. But what I want to talk about is the darkness that surrounds you that you didn't ask for, that you really didn't do nothing to catch this darkness. You didn't do nothing with it. You're living for God. You're being obedient. I've been serving God all this time, and I'm still in darkness. I'm still in a place of depression. Even though I have the joy of the Lord, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. I want to read John 8, 12. It says this, Jesus was speaking to the people. He was speaking to them once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light that leads to life. Now that, in your head, because you think, oh no, the, the, yes, the Bible is true. But sometimes we contradict ourselves and we think, well, if he says I'm not going to walk in darkness, why am I? Explain that, Jesus. Explain that to me. How can I live 
in darkness, be surrounded by darkness, yet you are a light within me. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. But I've learned something. Jesus clearly states his identity as the light. He is light, right? When we know Jesus, we don't have to walk in darkness. When we follow Jesus, things sometimes that seem cloudy become clear. So it's like, it's like, well, if it's clear, if I, cause I can think clear, why am I still walking in darkness? So here's the, here's the deal. I want, I want to bring this to you to where you can have a, a peace of mind. Just because you don't walk in darkness doesn't mean you are surrounded by the shadow of darkness. Just because you don't walk in it doesn't mean you're not still surrounded by it. Because we live in a world where it's everywhere. It's everywhere. You go into a Walmart, it's there. When you go into your bedroom, it's there sometimes. When you go into places where you feel like you don't fit in, it feels there. Anything that involves this world feels like darkness. The situation in your life, the thing that happened to you that you regret doing, that you regret doing, the stuff that was done to you, darkness. How can I have the light of Christ and this still happened to me. Doesn't make sense. Makes no sense at all. And you're probably thinking, well, Jacob, well, this, then, no, no. Why do I have light? Yeah, I still feel dark. How can I believe in Jesus, live for him, yet still experience dark places how can a holy place be a dark place how can that be doesn't make sense right it doesn't commute with your mind it doesn't compute with the way you've seen God the way you've seen God from the voices of people from the voices in the church from from maybe your own perspective sometimes that's not how God looks God isn't darkness so why are we in one Okay, okay. Everybody tracking with me so far? Y'all are good? Okay, okay. Just because you won't walk in darkness doesn't mean you don't have to deal with the shadow of the darkness. You're not walking in it, but it's settling around you. And because of this darkness, you doubt and question God's presence. Because here's the one topic that we have been lied to about. I think it's deception. We think that the proof of the presence of God is the absence of problems. We think that the proof of the presence of God is the absence of darkness. That's what we think. That's what we perceive. That's what people make it sound like. Once you get saved, you will never, ever deal or struggle or fall short or struggle or fall short or die or fall short, struggle and fall short. You won't have to deal with that. That's what we're taught. So when we get into it, our faith collapses because we're taught that the proof of God's presence is the absence of darkness, the absence of problems, the absence of fear, doubt, depression. Oh, if God's presence is in my life, there's no depression near me. There's no, I don't have panic attacks where I can hardly catch my breath. These are all not there. When God's presence, that's true. When God, when you are in God's presence, it's not that the proof of it is where it's not there. 
the proof when you are surrounded by problems, when you are surrounded by situations, when you feel like you're like you can't even explain yourself, you feel like your reputation is down because of what people have said about you, and you feel like you can't make it, and you can't explain yourself, and you feel like the presence of God is not with you because you feel like you're dying all around you. That's where you feel darkness. How can that work? How can that be possible? How can that compute? Let me read 1 John 1, 5 through 7 again. This is the message. I'm just going to read verse 5, actually. This is the message we heard from Jesus. And now you declare, now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Okay, so God is light. No darkness in him at all. Okay, I get saved. I have the power of the Holy Spirit when I get saved, when I receive Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I am now saved. I have the Holy Spirit. This means that Jesus, God, Holy Spirit is in me now. So that means I have light because he is light. And in him, there's no darkness at all. So why am I still dealing with darkness and problems and situations if he is the light? Just because it's the darkness is not in you doesn't mean it doesn't surround you. Doesn't mean that the darkness does not try to attack you. The devil doesn't like you. Let me say that right now. The devil does not like you. When you get saved, you already have a target from the devil on your back because you are important to the kingdom of God. You are Presses to the kingdom of God. That's why you are in darkness, not walking in it, not, not, it's not in you, but you feel like you're sitting, you're settling in darkness. Because you have something that is valuable. What, what did I say in the beginning? What's in you? Something that's valuable? That's what the enemy's after. If the enemy can't kill you, And trust me, he has tried. He has thrown everything. Doubt, fear, depression, thoughts of suicide, all these things. He's tried every single attack on you and it hasn't worked. So what is he going to do? He's going to settle you in it instead of trying to make it quick. You know how he does it? He tries to settle you in it to where he can make it quick. He's not going to make it quick. He's going to let you sit in that darkness. And it aggravates me when he does it because sometimes, because we can, I've said this before, we can, you can combat lies. If you have the discernment, you can combat lies. But sometimes the enemy attacks you with real life scenarios. He's not going to attack you with a lie of what's going to happen to you. He's going to attack you with that bad report you heard. He's not going to, he's not going to attack you with the lie of you're not enough. He's going to make sure that you don't have enough money. He's going to make sure that you have, don't have enough things where friends don't accept you. That's what the enemy's going to do. He's going to use real life scenarios to deplete your faith. He's going to use darkness. But maybe it's not what you don't have. It's what's around you that's killing you. It's the situation in your life. There's no darkness in him, First John 1 John 1.5 says, and C.S. Lewis confirms that. Why can't holy places be dark places? And I want to get to that in just a second. God does not have darkness, but because he is so light-filled, God is so pure in light, he is powerful enough to, watch this, God's powerful enough to settle in darkness and not be affected by it. 
God is pure of light enough to sit in darkness and not be affected by it. Huh? He can sit in it and not be affected by it. Now, no, 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 no. This means if he can't be affected by it, if he's the light in you, what makes you think you can't be unaffected by it either? The question is, I love this phrase because I use it all the time. What do you let in your gate? You've got a castle called your mind. You have a kingdom called your heart. And you as the head and chief of your heart and mind, you need to guard it. And the question is, is that what do you let in? If, if I had to jump into your mind, your motives, your heart, and if your heart is a city, your heart's a city. If your heart is a city, what's the crime rate? If your heart is a Siri, how's the economy? How much money are you making in that, in, that, in that kingdom you call your heart? If you have a kingdom called your heart, who's running the whole thing? You really don't want it to be you. You guard it, but you're not supposed to run it. But what if we have let something in our gate, like darkness, for example, and now we are gradually, because God does not let in darkness unless you decide to open those gates. Unless you decide to open those gates. P- things can be thrown at you. Situations can be done to you. But it doesn't have to enter in the gates. It doesn't have to enter in your heart and your mind. But we make the decision to let it confiscate our kingdom, which is our heart. We let it confiscate everything in our mind, everything. Our, and this is why we're cynical. This is why we worry ourselves to death because we are constantly letting the darkness roam our kingdom, call our heart. But there's something about what C.S. Lewis said that really caught my attention. How can a holy place be a dark place. It doesn't make sense. Because I've learned in my life and I've read through scripture and all the stories that God ultimately, his, the proof of his presence is not the absence of fear or the absence of darkness or the absence of problems. Matter of fact, his presence is most effective when you're in it. When you're in it. When you are in a place of darkness, when you are settling in a place of doubt, when you're settling in a place, that's the opportunity for you to jump into his presence. His presence, light illuminates more when it's dark. Y'all see how dark it is in this room? I didn't, I usually dim the lights. But what, look at this. So we have, you know, the TV on, the two TVs on, you got the lights. But what's, what, what, what confused me is that the lights, it's so bright. They point here. They're pointing this way. How in the world is it catching right here? Because right here you're catching a little bit of light. Why? Light illuminates. It surrounds everything. So this means if God is light and he lives in you, this means that when you call upon him, when you reach out to him, 
Darkness has nowhere to hide because it illuminates everything. The proof of his presence is not the absence of darkness. The proof of his presence is that you're in darkness and that's where he affects the most. He can't affect when things are going good. You won't need him. But that's it. You won't need him. You won't need God when it's great. You won't need God. Now, so praise him when it's great, but you don't really need him when it's great. You need him when it's dark. You don't need a flashlight when you have electricity in the house. When the lights go out, what you go, first thing you go grab, a candle, a flashlight. Light works best in darkness. It works best in darkness. In him there is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Which means if you're in Christ, it's not really darkness in you, it's just darkness around you. That's the whole point of light in the darkness, is that he works best in dark places. So the church teaches you sometimes, and it's not our church. I know we don't. But there are certain churches that teach this analogy of God's presence is in the absence of darkness. I only go to God's presence when it's good. You go to, you, I go to God's presence when it's bad. I go to God's presence when I'm freaking out. I go to God's presence when it's hard to breathe sometimes. I go into God's presence when I'm really dealing with something and somebody's pissing me off. That's when I go into his presence. I don't go into his presence when everything is so nice and dandy and everybody's loving me. No, I go when everyone's against me. When the darkness surrounds you is where his presence is evident. That's when his presence is most evident. I want to create an illustration, not from the ones I already picked, not yet. I need, who wants to be in an illustration? Come on, don't be a wimp. I'm going to throw your hand up. I need scrawny people. Actually, no, that's offensive. Let, Oriana, first choice, come here. Obviously, Oriana's the first choice. Okay, raise your hand. You want to be in it? I just need two more people, 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 two more people. Um, who's so, okay, you're raising your hand, you're raising your hand. You're, who else is raising their hand? Nobody. Y'all don't want to. I know, I'm just waiting for somebody else to raise their hand. Maybe your heart's pounding in your chest and you're like, I want to be in it, I want to be in it. Andrea. I know, you're too tall, Addison, I'm sorry. It's good, it's good to be tall. Sorry, I should have never said that. Okay, still raise your hand if you want to be in it. Tristy, I saw you raise your hand. Dude, I'm really bad. Dude, you get, dude, you preached a couple weeks ago. Calm down. You, yes, come here. All right, these are my three little people, kind of. No, 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 it's going to make sense. It's going to make sense. This is, so they're going to represent darkness, right? They're going to represent darkness. So, so here's what's going to happen. All right, I need, Oriana, I need you to be right here. Andrea, I need you to be right here. And then ma'am, come see. Be right here. Okay, so you're surrounded in a, in a, in a, in a semicircle of darkness, right? And like I said, remember what I talked about. Remember what I said. I said the proof of, we think that the proof of God's presence is the absence of darkness. That's what I said. And so darkness is surrounding you and you, and you feel, and you feel, you feel really low right now and you feel really captivated by darkness right now and you feel like you can't move or make a muscle. But it's until you get into prayer 
and you start praying rather than, rather than procrastinating, rather than worrying, rather than wailing, there is a worship to be made so that you can get into the presence of God. So I need my three guys I, I pick, my three husky men who take creatine, except Dakota because he wants to be different. Come here. Come here. <laughs> three dudes. I need you all to do the same thing that they're doing. So I want you all to back up a little bit more. I want you all to surround me. Don't be weird. Just surround me. Just don't be weird. Don't be weird, I said. Okay, come here, Dakota. I need you to get really, really close. Just not weird close. Okay, not like that, James. Okay, I need you to face me. So, come here. Don't, no, sorry. Sorry, I said the wrong thing. So, sideways, right here. Okay, so this is the presence of God, right? Three husky dudes. This is the presence of God. And the little, the, 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 the nice, sweet, delicate people over here, they are darkness. So, so we think, this is our think, this is our thought process. So we're praying, right? We're praying and asking God to, to, to just stop the darkness, just to get away. Just, Lord, I need your help. Like you're asking him for help. Our idea is, okay, I need you to just walk to this side. Not the, not the husky dudes, all the others. Over there. This is our analogy. This is what we think God's doing is he is making sure that all of the problems and all of the darkness is gone. And this is a bad analogy because we think this is a bad analogy because we think of God as he's going to snatch me out. He's going to take me out of this darkness. He's going to take me out of this problem. But the here's the true. Okay, come back. 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 Same spot. This is what happens. So you're praying. Can y'all just focus, please? Sorry. I did? Oh, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Get close. Get close, gentlemen. <laughs> so here's where the, here's where the, the here's the principle. Y'all listen. Here's the principle. Yeah. Here's the principle. I want the girls that are around, try to attack me with all of them around me. Don't actually attack. Don't actually do crazy stuff. But no, push them. Push them. Not that. You're messing up the illustration. I'm going to make you all sit down if you all don't stop. Listen. The proof of God's presence. Listen, listen. The proof of God's presence is not the absence of darkness. It's not. If you think it's that, that's why you're disappointed. That's why you're depressed. That's why you sit in darkness all the time because you constantly wail thinking God's going to get me out if everybody else leaves. If the darkness leaves, if everything washes out, God's going to protect me like this. But the proof of his presence is not the absence of darkness. It is when they attack. Y'all attack. Attack somehow. So the proof of his presence is not when things leave. It's going to protect me while I'm getting attacked. Y'all are really silent. Very silent. You think that the absence of darkness is God's presence. But when you are surrounded, you thought the devil was going to kill you. You thought the devil was going to take you out. You thought he was going to suffocate you. But God's presence was in your facility. Now go sit down. Go sit down, everybody. Great illustrators. Great. That was great. Don't clap. They were being goofy. Don't clap. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. 
but the proof of his presence. His, the darkness is around you, but his presence is kept within you. The light is, is in you. It's not just somewhere in a far place. It's in you. And you sit there and you wait and you cry and you suffer because you don't know what's in you. You do not know what's in you yet. Because when you got saved, you knew what you were saying yes to. You were saying yes to Jesus. You were saying yes to his majesty. You were saying yes to live your life for him. But now you live like he's not even present. And his presence is known in dark places. It's not in a place where nothing is is gone. That's not where it comes from. The proof of his presence. And what you need to know today, tonight, that the proof of his presence, the place where you want, where you think you need to dwell is the place where you're going to find it in dark places. You're going to find his presence in dark places. And maybe you have a hard time hearing that because you've always thought, if I get in his presence, things leave, things, things wash away. They don't. Let me be honest with you. They don't. They don't. You ask God to get out of this situation of abuse, but it's like, no, it's not working. I thought God saves me. I thought God redeems me. I thought God would get me out of this place, but I'm still stuck in it. Ask that to a theologian. How can I stay stuck in this place of darkness, of problems, of evilness, if God is light and his presence saves me? It doesn't save you. It dwells with you. His presence doesn't save you. It walks with you. It sits with you. It dwells in you. The proof of his presence. You think God's just going to snatch you up. What kind of relationship is that? What kind of relationship is that if you just want God to snatch you out of everything? He's not God because you didn't save me. No, he's not your God because you don't talk to him. You don't spend time with him. You don't reach out to him. When he has given you every opportunity to reach for him, God's always open, y'all. God is always open. Even in your greatest mistake, your darkest mistake, mistakes you don't talk about, God is still open for business for you, for your life, for your situation. So see, as I have my guys, they sur- my, my, oh, my bigger guys surrounded me, they protected me. Because that's the proof of God's presence. God's presence is not snatching you out. God's presence is protecting you protecting you from the, from the darkness that tries to consume you. But the question is, is that what are you doing? You think once you get saved, you don't have to do nothing else. I'm not talking about works. Works are come naturally when you receive Christ. But what I'm talking about is I'm talking about you think God is just going to save you automatically and then you don't talk to him. You think God's going to save you out of nowhere and try to do whatever he needs to do out of nowhere because you talk to him once a month. I thought a relationship with God was like a, 
God's our relationship with God in the Bible has always been referenced to a marriage. It's always been referenced to to when a man and a woman come together and they unite as one. That's a relationship with God. Not just a relation, not just not just for him to just be God. Oh, I believe in Jesus. You believe in him, but do you know him? Do you genuinely know God? Because for some of us in here, we genuinely don't. Because we think God is just somewhere else. But the proof of God in your life, maybe there's darkness around you because you have not consulted with the one that is light that can keep you and protect you and sustain you. David walked through the shadow of death. He didn't get separated from it. He walked through the valley of the shadow of death with God, with him. So so when you wail, there's a moment of emotional responses. It's important because what you're going through sucks. I I know. What you go through sucks. But how much longer are you going to stay in that place and not call upon your father? Well, Jacob, I've tried. But maybe the way you're calling upon him isn't the way you're supposed to. We call upon God to save us, but we don't call upon God to protect us. We call upon God to get us out of this and then we don't use him anymore, but we don't call him for favor. We don't call him to help us with our habits and help us with our motives. We only ask him for an escape. God's not an escape artist. He is a protector of your soul. That's what the presence of God is. The presence of God is not just you getting to escape something. The presence of God, when you get into the presence of God, your perspective changes a little bit about certain things. You receive, you feel like you can breathe more. You feel like you have more joy and there's more peace even though there's chaos around you. That's the presence of God. The presence of God. Because if he was just presence of God when everything was great, then that's not the God that we truly serve. The presence of God is most activated and most dominant when we are in problems, darkness, and dysfunctions in our life. Now, trust me, the presence of God is with me also when I'm doing great, obviously. I live my life to please him. I live, I live my life because of what he's done for me. That's what I do it for. But are you living your life in Christ, coming to church on a Wednesday, coming to church then and there, just to create a to-do list, to check off a list? Is that what you really want? Because that doesn't really affect you. All it does is that it makes you a good church attendee. All it does is it makes you a good church attendee and you don't tap in because God is light only when you get close to him. We think God is just God, but he's really, he's our father. He is your father. Not a father that you think because, not a father that you think because you might have a bad view of a father. God's a good, good father. And the way that he operates is he is not going to help you escape 
like some people do. Like you have, you know, that homie you can call when you're in trouble and they can get you out of it. Yeah, that's great. But God is something more of a, I'm not going to let you escape. Not because I don't want you to and I don't care about you. But there is something in this where I can be more powerful. And I can be more effective. And I can be more of your father rather than just the man in the sky that you rub the genie bottle and there I am. You have three wishes. That's not God. God is a dwelling place. God is a safe place. His presence is a safe place in the midst of darkness. And my question to you tonight is that are you, do you really know God? Because if you know him, you know when his hand moves, you know when he's favoring you, you know when he's protecting you, you see that through his word, you see that through prayer, you see that in your worship, because he's going to sustain you in the problem, not escape you from it. Pull me out, God. Do it now. Breakthrough. No, God's like, I'm going to walk you through it to where you can get the breakthrough a lot greater than just pulling you out from the breakthrough. The breakthrough that you walk through is greater than the breakthrough that he takes you out of. So I, listen, I'm going to be honest. I would rather him pull, not pull me out, sorry. I would rather him walk me through it. I want to know what type of breakthrough I'm going to have when I walk through it. I want to know what type of breakthrough I'm going to receive if that is greater than him just pulling me out. I want to see what's on the other side of this darkness. Even when it's dark, God still loves you. Even when it's dark, God still cares for you. Even when it's still dark, God still shows up in your life and you know it. You just don't see it. Because of your mind, because of your perspective, you don't see God in the way that you want to see him. But he's always there. So because of what he does, because of who he is, and because of what he's done for me, and because I've even in the dark, because he does all these things for me, even though I haven't seen it yet, even though I can't predict it yet, even though it hasn't happened yet, what I'm going to do is even in the dark, I will still praise him. Even in the dark, I will still rejoice to him. Even in the darkness, I will still call upon his name, even if it's dark. Even if it's dark. Because here's what you're taught. You're protected. You're protected. But we're always taught to get out of it. And here's what happens. You don't grow. You will stay the same every day. Nobody likes eating the same cereal every day. Unless it's, you know, you got a variety. But nobody likes eating the same food every day. God doesn't change. But we do. And the Bible says that, that for uh, Paul was telling them, you should have been teachers by now. But you're still consuming milk. Instead of eating the meat. How many of us are stuck in a character because of darkness? How many of us are still stuck? Same old me, bro. The devil wants you to think that you can be the same old you. 
But how many of us know the old me is miserable? The old me can't get it right. The old me was an idiot. I'm speaking for myself. The old me used to be like this, but now the new me that God's always working on, that's, that's me. God wants you to grow over time, but if you're not growing, you're stuck. Growing is stretching, and if you're not stretching, you're dying. And now you're stuck in a place. Y'all, I wasn't the same me six years ago. I've become more, I've become more self-aware and all that stuff, but, but my relationship with God has deepened. Not from a place of spiritual ma- magic wizardry. From a place of I know who I am so that when people talk about me, it doesn't pass through the gate because God has guarded my gate. And I'm telling you right now, when you start to let God do things in your life, because here's the deal, here's the, here's the challenge, and you might not like this, but it is what it is. The opportunity for you to grow is, that, is when you open up the gate to him. But here's the funny part. We might not like what God sees when we open the gate. We might not like. We might feel embarrassed. We might feel like, like he's going to say something about it. The dark stuff, the mistakes, the dysfunctions in your life, you feel like God is going to say something about it. But last time I checked, last time I checked, when the prodigal son came home, the father saw and ran to him. And he said, Let me cu- let's me let kill the fattest calf. Let's get him a coat, a ring. My, father, my son is home. So the darkness that you're in, you're afraid of what God will see, but he already sees it. He's kind of, what's the word? Omnipotent and omniscient. Theologically, that means he is in everywhere and he is in everything. So he knows the stuff that even some other friends don't know. He knows all that. He sees all of that. And some of us think we can let him down, but we really can't let God down with our darkness because if we were able to let God down, that means we have something in us that he didn't see. But he sees everything. So there's nothing that you can hide from God. Yet he still, I'm talking, listen, y'all, this is, this is serious. This is deep. I'm talking about the thoughts that you can't even tell yourself sometimes. God has seen all of that. Yet he wants to settle with you. Because he doesn't see what you've done. He sees what you'll become. So there's grace. There's love. There's power in his presence. But you're expecting him to get you out and for him to judge you. That's not a good God. A true God is to sit with you walk you through. That's why Jesus is a light in the darkness because it's not about, it's not about what he says. It's about what he does. And when he does it, it confirms and gives me, because I'll, I'll, 
I'll sit in his presence sometimes and think the stuff that he has gotten me out of, at the same time, the stuff that I still deal with, and I sit there and I weep and I tell him, thank you. The stuff I still struggle with, the habits I still intact in my life, I sit there in his presence and he is there. God is the light in you. So when you're surrounded by darkness, when you feel like you have some dark mistakes, some dark thoughts, some dark decisions that you have made in your life, and you feel like you are unloved, unworthy, uncherished, there is a Father in heaven who still loves you even, even when it's dark. Even when it's dark, he's still there. You can bow your heads and close your eyes. As we end tonight, we've gone through every single thing about his name. He's way maker, miracle worker. He's all these things. But here's my question tonight as we close this. Do you know the way maker? Do you know the miracle worker? Do you know the promise keeper? Do you know the light in you that shines in the darkness? We have dark places. We have dark thoughts. We are so, we hurt ourselves more than anybody else does. do it to ourselves all the time but Jesus is here he's here in those dark thoughts he's sitting there hovering over you the Bible says that he's watching over his word and if you accepted Christ already though he is the word he's watching over you he's watching watching over his word to make sure it'll be fulfilled, the Bible says. If that's you, maybe you need to know who the way maker is tonight. And you haven't really accepted the way maker as your Lord and Savior. You haven't accepted the miracle worker as your Lord and Savior. You might have never even accepted the light that he can give you, the promise that he can make to you when you're in the darkness. If you need to receive Jesus, either receive him for the first time or you need to get back on track with him. He is always available. If that's you, I just want you to throw your hand up. Throw your hand up for a quick second. See your hand. Throw your hand up. Thank you, Jesus. So those who raise their hand, I want you to take a moment to ask God, Lord, I want you to be the way maker in my life. I want you to be that miracle worker that your word talks about. I I want you to be that, that promise keeper that makes the pinky promises. And I want you to be the light that's in my darkness that I'm dealing with right now. 
I want to make you my personal Lord and Savior. Ask him that right now. Give it to him. Now for my second group. You have been dealing with a lot of darkness that surrounds you. You've been dealing with a lot of darkness that might you might have let in. And now you don't know what to do. It's time to call upon the presence of God for you to receive his joy, his peace, his strength, and his comfort. If that's you, take a moment to just know that he, his presence is proven not in the absence of darkness, but when you're right in it. His presence is there. His presence is evident in dark places, holy places are in dark places. We thank you, Jesus everlasting word to know that darkness has no hold on me no more that I don't have to think that it has to consume me anymore but thank you for letting us know that it's not when it goes away is when your presence comes it's when it's there that your presence can come so father we thank you for your presence being evident in this room, evident in our lives from this day forward. Lord, I pray that 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 one student that needs to know that if they would just tap in more, if they would go into it more, if they would stop acting like a church attendee and start letting your presence be known in their lives, Father, I pray that you would challenge every heart. And maybe the, the reason why darkness consumes us sometimes is because of what we let in and let out. So Father, I ask, Lord, that you would help us become guardians of our heart, guardians of our minds when it comes to darkness. And I pray the peace of God over everyone in this room. I pray the favor of God over every person in this room. I pray for the joy of the Lord that will become their strength this week. And I pray it doesn't end tonight, Lord. I pray that they would continue to get in your presence. That your light will shine most in our dark places. We love you. We praise you. Thank you for the light that shines bright in the darkness. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.